coming up. So I got a question for you. Is there someone or is there something you change about yourself so that people won't associate you with Jesus? Just, just I'm asking a question. Is there, is, there, is there a modification you make in the things you say, what you do, where you go or something just so people don't associate you with Jesus? Do you, are you one of the ones who uh, in certain environments take your cross, the cross on your chain and put it behind your shirt? Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Here's something to think about. How often do you stop and reflect on the lessons you've learned in life? Daily? Weekly? Never? Thankfully, we have a teacher who doesn't mind teaching the most important things we need to know. In the message series, Lessons from Walking with Jesus, Pastor Robert unpacks some truths we can depend on, taken directly from the life and perspective of the greatest teacher that ever lived and those who walked with him. Here's the continuation of the message, The Master Teacher. Of our lesson series, Walking with Jesus. And the first two points I'm, we're going to leave on the outline for each message because I want to make sure you get these two points in your spirit and because I know how we are, we can be forgetful. And so on your outline, A, the first one is it was there last week. It's going to be there next week, it's, and it's there this week. And, um, write this down. Jesus is the master teacher. Jesus is the master teacher. We really have to get this in our spirits. He's the master teacher. Uh, there's a whole lot of other folk out there that's trying to teach you something. And, and ain't none of them as good as Jesus. Okay, so we, we got to dial in on the fact that he's the master teacher. Um, last week on this point, we talked about how even the skeptics thought so when Nicodemus came to him at night and said, we know you're a master teacher. We know that you're a teacher come from God, he said, because you couldn't do what you do if you wasn't. So he was a skeptic, and he, re he recognized and acknowledged Jesus was a master teacher. So here today, we're going to see another reason why we can make this conclusion. Mark 4.1 says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. Okay, I'm going to pause right there for a minute so that you can focus on the word again. <laughs> okay. This wasn't the first time that he was teaching. All right. It, it said, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that, that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Go there. Imagine in your mind. <laughs> Jesus, the folk, so many folk at, 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 the, at the water's edge. And Jesus goes out into the boat so that he can talk to all these people standing at the water's edge. It just, just be there. Just go there. Yeah, you can be back in the crowd or you can be behind Jesus on the boat. What do you see in your mind? Do you see this? 
Folks gathered at the water's edge while Jesus is out on the boat teaching. Now, what's, what's amazing about this, what's amazing about this is that he was able to teach while folk was at the water's edge. Well, what you talking about, preacher? Because, see, y'all ever been to the water's edge? I'm sure you have at some point in your life. You remember when you was there last time? You remember? Ain't the water beautiful? Huh? Don't it captivate you? The sound, the peacefulness. So Jesus was able to teach at the water's edge. Meaning he must have captivated them more than the water did. Y'all with me? <laughs> they didn't get all, you know, wow, it's so peaceful out here and just ignore Jesus. He, he's that good that he can, he, can, he, can put, he can talk to you in the middle of obvious distractions and keep your attention. Yeah, Jesus is the master teacher. And it was a large crowd. Large crowd. B, write this down. Another point from we're going to keep on our, our lesson series is our goal is to be like our teacher. Our goal is to be like our teacher. Matthew 10, 24, 25 says, the student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. It's enough to be like your teacher. It's sufficient to be like your teacher. I'm going to keep these two points on the message throughout the series because I know we all are challenged with this point. We all at some point don't feel like it's sufficient. It's enough to be like our teacher. So we try to be like something else. I know if Peter had a problem with this, and he spent three years with him every day, I know y'all got a problem too, and I do too, with understanding how much enough it is to be like our teacher. Look what happened with Peter after three years, walking with him every day. Matthew 26, 73 and 74 says, a little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, okay, I'm going to stop for a minute, and I want to you know, tell you the backstory. <laughs> this is about to be the third time Peter denied Christ. <laughs> All right? <laughs> what we're about to read is the third time. He had denied him twice already. Now he's about to deny him the third time. Again, the text says, a little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, surely you too, you too are one of them. For even the way you talk gives you away. <laughs> All right. Y'all get that? Uh, Peter, Peter, Peter was so much like the teacher that the bystanders said, you talk like him. 
Peter should have gave him a trophy and said, he, well, he should have at least said, thank you. You know, I was like, yeah, we say that. You know, these folks come up to us and say, you know, you look just like your daddy. And we go, thank you. You know, uh, we say, we feel, we feel all warm inside and all this stuff. They were saying, you just sound just like Jesus. And Peter was like, look what it said he did. All right, he says, verse 74, then he began to curse and swear. Wait, wait a minute. All right, all right. I'm trying to tell y'all that it's enough to be like your teacher. It's enough. And they tell Peter that, Peter, you sound, you talk just like Jesus. And Peter starts to curse. Starts to do the very opposite of what the teacher would do. And swear, right? And this is the third time he's denying him. And then the text reads on, I don't know the man. All right, I just, I just want to take you there. They, somebody tell you, you look just like your daddy. He ain't my daddy. <laughs> I just wondering, that, that's what it would be like. It's like, it's, it ain't my daddy. And it's like, y'all put your pictures together, and you know, a blind man would tell you, that's your daddy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you are now saying, that ain't my daddy. Peter said, I don't know him. He had a problem understanding that it was enough to be like the teacher. And I'm sure we all are challenged at some point with this same issue. Is it enough to be like the teacher? And then as it reads on, immediately the rooster crowed because it was the third time. So I got a question for you. Is there someone or is there something you change about yourself so that people won't associate you with Jesus? Just, uh, just I'm asking the question. Is there, is, there, is there a modification you make in the, the things you say, what you do, where you go, or something, just so people don't associate you with Jesus? Do you, are you one of the ones who, uh, in certain environments, take your cross, the cross on your chain, and put it behind your shirt? At some point, you know, because I don't want people to see it in this environment. I want them to see my cross in this environment. Is that, is that something you do? Is that something you do that just, and you do it intentionally so that people don't associate you to Jesus? Do you decide, you know, I'm not going to pray and bless my food because I don't want them to think that I'm a follower of Christ today in this environment? So I'm just going to just start chewing on it like everybody else do. I'm just going to, <laughs> you know, don't say thank you, nothing, take no time out because ain't nobody else doing it. So I don't want them to think I'm weird, you know. I'm so. <laughs> Peter, Peter didn't want to be associated with Christ. That's, that's the question I have for you. Y'all know sometimes um, sometime we want to be alone, right? Uh, and uh, you want to spend some time with God. And in certain environments, you might say you might put that on pause. And uh, I'm going to revisit that statement a little bit later as we get into this message. Uh, the, the goal is, is that we cherish our time 
with God. Again, we'll be talking more about it. So see on your paper uh, some more lessons from walking with Jesus. We gave some lessons last time, and it was centered around the story of the man born blind. So we're going to get into some more lessons of walking with Jesus. Again, they were literally walking with Jesus. Okay? And we're going to look at it from the disciples' perspective. Number one, the first lesson for today, be sure to make prayer your primary activity. Be sure to make prayer your primary activity. Now, before we read the passage that we're going to use to support this, I want you to not misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand me. See, prayer includes worship, and prayer includes seeking the kingdom of God. We know Matthew 6.33 tells us, first, seek ye the kingdom of God. So that's, that's your first seek. Jesus said, what, they asked Jesus, what's the great command? He said, well, the first one is that you love the Lord with all your, God, all your mind, heart, and soul, and strength. And so, uh, so that's worship. Loving the Lord is worship. So when I say prayer, I'm actually talking about seeking God and worship. Because uh, essentially all prayer is is having a dialogue with God. We don't often talk about it in terms of a dialogue. We talk about it as we, I'm talking to God. But really, real, really prayer is both. It's listening and hearing from God. Listening to and talking to God. It's both. Okay? So when I say this, it includes worshiping. It includes seeking the kingdom. Because you're trying to talk to the creator of the universe in a dialogue. And quite frankly, I'd rather hear God talk more than me. <laughs> okay? Because he got more to say than I do. He got more truth than I have. So I should be listening more than I'm talking. And quite frankly, many of us believers got it the other way around. So when I say prayer, I'm talking about the dialogue. Okay? That's what we're talking about. Not just you talking to God. So the scripture, Luke 11.1, 1, says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So there was something about Jesus praying that made the folk who was walking with him, his disciples, his interns, his apprentices, to say, Lord, you should teach us how to do that. Jesus was praying somewhere, and then they was observing that. And they said, you know what? I want to know how to do that. You should teach us how to do that. That's how important it was, not only to Christ that he would even pray. Scripture tells us on many occasions how he went away to pray. It was clearly a priority to Christ. And it became a priority 
to the disciple because they asked him, teach us, teach us to pray. Now, remember what happened with Adam as we say that your primary activity should be praying. Remember what happened to Adam and Eve. Their first opportunity to have a conversation or to communicate with God after sinning, what did they do? They hid. Okay? <laughs> they hid after sinning. They heard God coming. Instead of saying, oh, God's coming. It's an opportunity to talk to the creator of the universe. <laughs> they went the other direction. That's what sin will do to you. <laughs> It'll make you not want to talk to God. I'm going to say it again because it, it, it really, it, it, when you really think about it, it's, that's, that's crazy. Why would you not want to talk to God? Or even not just talk to him but hear from God. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. That's what sin will do to you. So sin, I mean, praying should be your primary activity. Look at what Luke 18.1 says. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So Jesus told them a, a parable that was specifically designed for them to understand that they should always pray. That's how important it was. That's why it should be a primary activity. That's why the first thing you should do in the morning, first thing in the morning, is talk to God. That, that, that should be your first thing. Okay. All right. The, the first thing you do, I, I know. I know. We got other first things, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got other first things that compete with us talking to God. But it's, it's the most important thing. That's why the first thing you should do is talk to God in the morning. Talk to the king of the kingdom. Your first thing. Listen. Technology has showed us something. When Jesus says that we should, man should always pray, technology has helped us understand that we, we are capable of doing that. All right? Because you like saying, pray all the time, all the time, always. Yeah. That's why I say it's a dialogue. Technology has helped us do that. You, you probably got evidence of it on your person somewhere in your purse and and you make sure you don't ever leave home without it i'm talking about your phone yeah your phone see technology is helping us understand that we can we are capable of staying in communication with someone or something all the time Remember, that's all prayer is. Prayer is just communicating with the creator. That's all it is. It's, it's listening and hearing. That's all it is. And technology has taught us that we are capable of doing it. Right? 
See, some of us got some special sounds on our phone so that when it when it when when someone's trying to communicate with me, I want to make sure I hear it. Not only do I want to make sure I hear it, I want to make sure everybody else hear it too. Not only do I want to let make sure I hear it and everybody else hear it, when they hear it, I want them to dance. <laughs> <laughs> when they hear somebody from someplace communicating with me. So you got this little special tune on your phone when you get a text message or a phone call that sounds when you get communicated to from someplace on the planet. I don't know. It could be Italy, Rome, um, East Oakland. I don't know. It could come from anywhere. But you get that sound, and then as soon as you hear that sound, you go, whoo, you and if you're honest about it, you feel kind of special, don't you? Because somebody trying to contact you. Yeah, just be honest. Be honest about it. See, technology is helping us understand that we are capable of communicating with somebody all the time. Being accessible for communication with somebody all the time. Technology is. So some of us, when we get up in the morning, the first thing we do is not talk to God. We see who else on the planet trying to talk to us. <laughs> we check our phone for text messages, emails, uh, uh, DMs. Yeah, 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 y'all know, you know that. And then, then somewhere along the line, after you hear, you, you, you hear all the garbage that's going on in the world, you say, oh, thank you, God, for another day. Uh, you know, you know maybe it, for some of us, you know, it takes us five minutes to get to that. Other of us, if we go to lunch, it ain't till lunchtime until, <laughs> until we actually talk to God. You done talk to everybody else. And, and, yeah, you done, you done put a comment on the Internet. No, you don't get it. You put a comment on the World Wide Web. You put a comment out there for the world to see and ain't said nothing to the creator of the world all day. <laughs> no, we got a problem. We got a problem. So when Jesus says man should always pray, we, we know right here in, two, in, in 2019, yeah, we're capable of staying in communication with somebody all the time. Some of y'all ain't turned your phone off in years. And the only time it gets turned off is when you, 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 you back it up and the, co and the computer you're backing it up on says, I'm turning you off. It really wasn't your decision <laughs> to turn it off. The computer said, I got to turn you off to reboot you, you know, to back you up. I'm going to turn you off. If it was left up to you, you would have left it on. <laughs> because you want to stay in communication with whoever else, whoever's out there. I don't know, whoever it is. But you ain't that intent on talking to God, though. The creator of the universe. We got a problem. We really have a problem. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. 
I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Question, if Jesus came into here today, what would he turn over? What, is there something here that doesn't align with it being a house where people communicate with God? Would he come in, put his fingers into your head, and toss out all those negative attitudes? Uh, uh, would he overturn your brain? <laughs> because you, you're thinking about divisive stuff, stuff that you, you in your mind, you ridiculing your sister over there, and you, doing all this stuff and it doesn't align with this being a house of prayer thank you for listening